privilege and an honor to be able to serve Him. God has truly been good to me. And I don't have a sad story to tell about serving God. God has been good. Amen. Has anybody God been real good to? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I love the Lord today. And uh, I do worship and praise and magnify His wonderful name. I've got some announcements I need to make, but I need the classes to be in before I make all the announcements. Or I just have to do them again. So if it seems like I am stalling for time, that's exactly what I am doing. Uh, and uh, But anyway, uh, we are so thankful for all that God has done for us and what God is going to do for us. And I am looking forward with great anticipation to what God is going to do for us tonight in the service. It's a very special service, communion service tonight. And uh, looking forward to a great move of the Lord. And uh, I'm coming expecting God to do something great. Amen. If you need deliverance, you need to be here tonight. Amen. If you need help from heaven, you need to be here tonight. If you need healing, you need to be here tonight. Amen. I believe that God's going to do something very special for us. And I am looking for it. I'm coming just with great expectations for a great move of the Lord tonight. And uh, so I want to remind you of that service. Don't forget, uh, don't forget to bring the things that you need. And uh, we're going to have a great time in the Holy Ghost tonight. And uh, we're going to have a great time here before we're done this morning. But but tonight, and uh, it is a very special time remembering uh, the blood, remembering the suffering of Jesus Christ, remembering the broken body. And uh, how it was all done for you and I. And I don't ever want to forget it. And I don't ever want to take it for granted. And I don't ever want to push it off lightly. But I want, I want the Lord to know that I am so, so very thankful for all that He has done. Amen. All that He has done for me. Praise God. Praise God. We're serving a good God. A merciful God. A gracious God and a long-suffering God. I'm glad He didn't kick me out of the church the first time I messed up. Amen. Amen. I'm glad God's more merciful than some people I've been around. Amen. I'm glad that God has had mercy on my, my soul so many times. Also, I want to remind you tomorrow night, tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, there is a singers and musicians meeting, and uh, we will be meeting upstairs in the youth room in this building. So remember that at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. If you are a singer, if you are a musician, part-time or you're used all-time, it is very important that you be here tonight or tomorrow night. If uh, it is not possible for you to be here, please allow me to know. And um, we will make arrangements for that. But tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, uh, I need to meet with everyone. If you uh, have a desire to sing or to be used singing, um, you need to be there. So don't forget that. Tomorrow night at 6 o'clock in the room upstairs on this side over the men's prayer room. Also, uh, next Friday, to uh, well, they're not in here, so let me bypass that one. 
don't forget about our anniversary service coming up March the 9th and March the 11th. That's on a Friday night. We're having a special service. Brother Hare will be preaching that service. Looking for many of our friends to come in and celebrate with us 10 years of pastoring here. And uh, so there will be many things that needs to be done. So when you're called on, I uh, ask you to please help and support that. Be faithful to the house of God. That's on a Friday night. And then Sunday, that Sunday, the 11th, we will be having one service on Sunday morning that will start at 10 o'clock. At 10 o'clock, we will have, instead of Sunday school classes, everyone will be in this building. And uh, we will have a special service then. Uh, brother Stoltzfus will be preaching first, and then uh, my brother Guy Looper will be preaching uh, following him. The choir will be singing that Sunday morning also, so uh, be faithful to the house of God. After that, after that, we will be going to the gym, and uh, we will be celebrating the, one of the, the second best ways that apostolics know how to celebrate. The first way is at church, and the second way is by eating. And uh, so we will have a meal prepared there, and uh, it will be more of a home-style meal. And uh, we will have a meal also the night uh, prepared for everyone, and that will be uh, prime rib steak and potatoes and and all the trimmings that goes with that. And uh, we will be serving that to everyone uh, that we possibly can. So that's open to everyone. So remember that. And then... Uh, we will take off that Sunday night uh, due to um, all the activities that we will be having. I felt like everyone would be tired and uh, it would be miserable for the person who would try to preach that Sunday night. So we're going to have both preachers that Sunday morning and uh, still try to get out by about 12.30. So eat a good breakfast and be here ready to have church. And we're going to have a great time. And a lot of our local friends will be here from uh, the community and uh, we're expecting the Lord to do something great for us. So don't forget that. Uh, next Friday, a week from Friday, the young people are coming in now. So listen to me uh, closely as you walk in. Friday the 23rd is Brother Hare's uh, Youth Weekend. And that will be on Friday night. We will be taking the bus over there on Friday night, coming back, and then leaving again, going to church on Saturday and uh, staying for the activities after church. So remember that. That is Friday the 23rd and Saturday the 24th. Also on the welcoming desk this morning, there is the Mission and Building Fund pledge slips. So if you would get you one of them and uh, fill that out. I know we are a little late getting them out, but everything that you have designated to Mission Fund are uh, to building fund this year, uh, since January the 1st, will go against your pledge, whatever you pledge. And so that has been kept up with, and so we will apply that to your pledge. I encourage you, last year's uh, mission uh, was down a little bit. Uh, we need to bring that up. We can do better than that. And uh, so let's bring our mission pledges back up and uh, pay them accordingly. If you're behind on last year, you need to pay last year. And, uh, you know, God looks at these things and God blesses us accordingly. And so I want to keep the blessings of God flowing in my life. And our mission pledges have went to good use. We have sent money 
I don't know all the countries, but I know that we have sent quite a bit to the Philippines. We've sent an abundance to Brazil. And um, then we have sent some uh, to Belize. And we have sent some to Honduras. And uh, we send some every month to uh, Kenya. We have sent some to um, India. And uh, we have sent some to Taiwan and China. And uh, let me see, there's one more in there that I know that I am forgetting. But our mission, mission field is, is wide and expanding, and there's people that, that needs God's help. I was just reading a letter from Brother Lambeth this week, and uh, he was uh, sent some pictures of some people that were being baptized and um, said that these people had been calling uh, they were from remote areas of Brazil, and they did not have a preacher. They had been calling, trying to get a hold of someone for, I forget how many months, they had been searching for someone to baptize them in the name of Jesus and could not get anybody there because they didn't have enough preachers to send that could leave and, and go there. And so they went and baptized them and left them on their own without uh, any shepherd. And so he was asking us to pray that God would send labors into the harvest, and uh, so uh, that God would help them. They cannot, they cannot train preachers fast enough and and uh, uh, mentor them quick enough to get them out to all the people that is in need of God. And so let's be praying for those needs and ask God to help them. Just uh, last week before last, we were able to send an offering to Honduras to help them pour the slab of a church that is being built there in Roatan. So uh, the kingdom of God is is expanding, and the kingdom of God does not stop here. And uh, what we can do as individuals does not stop here, but it continues on. Also on the welcoming desk, there is a sign-up sheet for a young married and youth banquet that is coming up September the 17th at 6 o'clock. So remember that. Sign up on that sheet for that. That is for young married and youth together. And uh, so don't forget that. Also on the welcoming desk, there is our memory books for 2017. And this is just kind of a journey of uh, things that we have done, accomplishments that we have made, and uh, places that we have been, and activities that we've been a part of. For the year of 2017, I ask you to take of those uh, freely, but I ask one per family, uh, please uh, don't let all your children get one and take them. And uh, so uh, enjoy that and thank when, when you're enjoying that. Thank Sister Jessica for putting all of that together for us. Done a great job and we do appreciate that very much. So again, for you. For you that may not have been here, don't forget communion service and foot washing service tonight. And uh, so a very special occasion. Bring the things that you will need to participate in that. Let's all stand together. Let's lift our hands and ask God to help us today in this service. God, we love you. We pray, God, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We pray, Savior, for your touch, for your help, and for your strength. I need you today, God. I cannot do anything without you, Lord. You are my help. 
You are my strength. You are my everything, God. Come on, let's reach out to the Lord together right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We're depending on You. Our faith is in You. Our hope is in You. Our trust is in You. In the name of Jesus. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 and verse number 18. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. And verse number 18, I will read one passage of Scripture there. Very familiar passage of Scripture. I've preached from this many times. And uh, if you have marked it in your Bible, you will probably see where I've preached this before. But I think it is very necessary and I think it is very appropriate to the service that we are going into tonight. And uh, I want to give to you what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart. First Corinthians chapter number 1. Verse number 18, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Of God. How many is thankful for the cross? Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a good hand clap of praise today. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We magnify you, Savior. We lift up your name, oh God. You are great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. 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 Lord bless you. You may be seated. I want to preach today on the subject of the cross. I feel like this is a very important, important uh, area and an important subject that we preach on. I take this very seriously. I do not take it lightly at all. I have prayed, I have studied, I spent extra time this week and even yesterday in the house of God because I feel like that every time that we approach this subject, we should do it with the feeling and with the passion of the passion of Christ. And I think it is very important that we have an understanding of what the cross is all about. That we have the feeling of the pain, the agony, and the suffering that took place on Calvary's hill. I am looking very forward, and uh, we are in the planning stages of a trip to even go to Israel where I can see some of these different sites. I can only imagine being able to step in the places where Jesus might have stepped and walking on the Sea of Galilee where Jesus was and crossing some of the same areas and seeing some of the same sites that was seen in biblical times. Although after the news of this weekend, I might want to hold off a little bit on those plans. But, but I, I, I take, uh, when I, when I read, when I read in the Word of God, the recording in the scriptures by the gospel writers, of the cross. It never ceased to amaze me. It never ceased to stir me. And I feel like that it is 
very important to us today as the children of God that we never lose sight of the cross. I am, I am, I am reminded of the story of the little boy that got lost and, and, uh, when he was trying to find his way home and, uh, they were asking him where he lived and he couldn't tell them what street he lived on. He, all he knew was his mama's name was mama and his daddy's name was daddy. And, uh, he didn't know a lot about the area where he lived in, but he said, beside my house, there is a church. And on the top of that church, there is a cross. And if you can get me to where I can see the cross, I can find my way home. And I want to tell you, as believers of Jesus Christ, if we could keep the cross in our forefront, if we could keep the vision of the cross before us, we will be able to find our way home. I'm so thankful for the cross. And when I, when I think about the cross, I still, even this morning just talking about it, I have chills that run up and down my spine and, and little goosebumps that goes all over my body when I think about the pain, the suffering, and the agony that was there on that old rugged tree. And you know what? It was done just for me. He had me in mind when he went there and he laid himself down to suffer. I'm reminded of a movie and I've heard that they're coming out with another one. Did not see it and don't anticipate seeing it, but called The Passion of the Christ. And uh, they were, there was a big stir about it placing who was at fault. And some said they were putting the fault on the Jews that That killed him. And some said they were putting the fault on the Romans that killed him. And, and, uh, they were all, they were all, you know, we're in such a politically correct society that everything is so crazy and mixed up. In reality, it was not anyone that really killed him. Because he said if they would read the word of God, he said, no man take my life. I lay down my life. No one was big enough. No one was bad enough. No one was strong enough. The Roman Empire could not kill him. The Sanhedrin court could not convict him. But it was only by his mercy. It was only by his grace. It was only by his love that he laid down his life on an old rugged tree. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house of God this morning. I feel redemption in the house of God this morning. I feel mercy in the house of God today. I feel healing in the house of God today. I feel deliverance in the house of God today. And everything I feel in the house of God all goes back to an old rugged tree. Hallelujah. The Bible said for the preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness. To a world that hears us talking about an old bloody cross 
It is foolishness to them. To a world that hears us talking about a Savior that came into the world. That allowed Himself to be hung on an old rugged tree. That allowed Himself to be nailed with nails to a tree. To a world that is on its way to hell. They look at us like we are crazy. Because we have gathered together under the old rugged cross today. But let me tell you to us that have been washed. To us that has been sanctified. To us that has been forgiven. To us that our sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's not just an old rugged tree. It's not just a symbol or a sign that people take lightly. Amen. But it is the power of God Almighty to wash and to redeem and to set free the sinful soul of mankind. Hallelujah. The Bible said that He gave Himself on the cross for us in Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 8. And being found in a fashion as a man, He humbled Himself and became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. Amen. Some, the Bible said, will go against the cross. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 18, For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Amen. The apostle tells the Philippian church, There is some that walk away. They do not reverence and they do not respect the price that was paid on Calvary's hill. They will not apply the blood of Jesus Christ to their life. He said, I tell you, weeping, they are enemies of the cross. Let me tell you today, we have a choice to make. If we will be a lover of the cross are an enemy of the cross. You say, oh, I'm not an enemy of the cross. But when you reject the power of the cross and the mercy of the cross and the blood that was shed on the cross, you become an enemy of the cross. But I say, oh, I love that old rugged cross. I love the blood that was shed. I love the heel called Mount Calvary. Take me to the cross and I know I can find my way back home. Amen. The Bible says that our sins were nailed to the cross. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 14 it says blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against us which was contrary to us and he took it out of the way nailing it to a cross. Amen. I'm think about the old writer, the preacher G.T. Haywood that had been in his office for many, many days and he come out from prayer and he fasting and he said, I see a crimson stream of blood. I want to tell you today, church, the best thing that you could ever get a vision of is not a vision of hell. It's not a vision of heaven, but it's a vision of the 
old rugged cross and the blood that was shed there just for you and I. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible said that for the joy he found in the cross in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number two, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He endured the cross and he despised the shame. But he found joy in it because he knew that you were going to be in the house of God today and you were going to need the merciful blood of Jesus Christ. He did it for you. Amen. You need to get a revelation that it wasn't just for the whole world. But he had me in mind when he went to the old rugged cross. When I was in the Philippines, I had the opportunity to go. We tried to go, I think it's called Cregador Island. But the tours were filled up and we were not able to go there. You that would know history would know that's where Douglas MacArthur was. He had the hotel. He stayed in the Manila Hotel while he was there in World War II. And we had the opportunity to go tour the hotel room that he stayed in. And uh, it was quite interesting. But I, I, I was I was visiting the World War II Museum there in New Orleans, and I had seen this before, and I seen it again just the other day, not too long ago. Brother Duplessis and myself were out in uh, the hill country in Fredericksburg, and we were going through the museum there, World War II Museum there in, in Fredericksburg. And looking at the history, and they had a, a quote that, that Douglas MacArthur aboard the USS Missouri in, in Tokyo Bay on September the 2nd, 1945. That's at the signing of the treaty at the end of World War II. And this was his statement, and it is my earnest hope. MacArthur said, and indeed the hope of all mankind that from this solemn occasion a better world shall emerge out of the blood and the carnage of the past. A world dedicated to the dignity of man and the fulfillment of his most cherished wish to, to, uh, for freedom and tolerance and justice. Amen. As that declaration was made on that warship, at the signing of the ending of World War II. I think about the declaration that was made on Mount Calvary. It was Jesus Christ's wishes that out of the carnage of Calvary, out of the bloodshed of Calvary, out of the nails of Calvary, out of the whiplashes of Calvary, out of the thorns that was placed on His head at Calvary. Can you imagine a crown of thorns with such thorns as this placed on your head. Amen. Shoved down to anoint you to be king of the Jews. But Jesus said, out of the carnage that you see, don't let it be just a bloody mess, an unrecognizable Christ, but let it be the voice of freedom to those who are bound of sin. And let it be that they shall be free indeed.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Somebody worship Him this morning. Somebody give Him praise in the house of God. Somebody thank God for the cross. Oh, I thank Him for that old rugged cross. I thank Him for that old rugged cross. As they held Him there. I was reading it again this morning. The account of Matthew, the last hours of Christ, how they took him in the Garden of Gethsemane, and how they took him before the Sanhedrin, how they took him before Pilate, how Pilate turned him over to them to be crucified. They took him out and beat him. As they beat him and blood splattered on the ground and on the whipping post and on the humans that were surrounded him at the beating. Weak under the loss of blood, they took him and put a cross on his back and had him to carry his own cross up to Calvary's hill, unwilling to carry his cross up Calvary's hill, staggering under the weight and the load of the cross as he was trying to make his way up Calvary's hill. They pulled one from the side and said, Here, you come carry his cross, staggering under the loss of blood, under the loss of sleep, under anguish and turmoil that his body was going through. They get him to the top of the hill and they stretch him out on the old rugged cross and they pull out a big long nail and a very large hammer. And I can see as that old Roman soldier would hold his hand out and lay it out on that piece of wood and say, okay, as he would gather down and hunkered down on him with his knee and say, okay, mister, be real still now as I drive this nail into your hand. And as he pulled back the hammer and he lets it fly, the noise that was ringing from that hammer, I can hear it now as it says, I'm doing this for the Looper family. As it comes back and he draws back the hammer, he says, I'm doing this for the Costner family. As he draws back the hammer and it rings out the noise again. I hear some screaming Ishcomer family when he pulls back the nail and the hammer and he hits the nail. I can hear it scream out the Stevens family, the Martinez family. Amen. All the Cooper family. I'm doing this for you. It's not just a bloody mess, but to us that believe in the power of the cross, it is a salvation of our soul. Thank God for the blood. As the sound rings out, this blood is flowing not only backwards, but it's flowing forward. 
It's not covering all the patriarchs only, but it's covering us still today. I come to tell you that He may not be on the cross any longer, but the blood is still powerful. The blood is still real. The blood is still working. I don't care what kind of sin that you have. I don't care what kind of addiction that you have. I don't care where you've been or what you've been doing. i got to tell you today, there's a cross standing between you and eternity. There's a cross that's there as a symbol of salvation. Hold still, Mr. Jesus. It's time to work on the feet. It's going to take about four soldiers to hold them in place. You can be seated. It's going to take about four of you. Come here, soldiers, help me. As they gather around the cross. And he folds his feet together. And they draw back the hammer. Oh, some say, well, it didn't hurt him like it would hurt us. Oh, no, you're so wrong. That was a sacrifice that was given. There was pain. There was agony. There was torture. There was sorrow. There was a sorrow of being rejected by those that you had healed. There was a pain of being rejected by those who are close to you. There was a pain of looking at Peter and hearing Peter's voice when he denied him not once, not twice, but three times. There was a pain and rejection feeling of, of, of Judas who went and betrayed him. He felt all the emotional upswings and downswings that you and I would feel today as being a normal person. He suffered in like manner as you and I. There was not no heroic our supernatural spirit that delivered him from the pain but then he dealt with the problem of knowing I don't have to go through this I can call down angels from heaven and they would deliver me but in the garden of Gethsemane he said not my will but thy will be done I submit to go to the cross because of you because of you and because of you Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The world sees it as a bloody mess. Amen. I read, I remember reading the reviews on what Hollywood had put out. Amen. And they talked about, oh, it's so bloody. It's so nasty. It's so gory. Amen. But I want to tell you, nothing was as bloody and as gory as being there, my friend. As seeing it, I can see that Roman soldier. That blood, it's on me. And try to wipe it off on the ground and wipe it off on his coat and wipe it off on something. Give me the robe. Let me wipe it off. I get this blood off of me. I got the blood of Jesus on my hands. This nasty Jew, this nasty man. I've got the blood of Christ on me. But I want to tell you today, if you go to hell, you're going to go by the cross. If you go to hell, you're going to go by and spit on the cross and say, no thank you for the, for the, for the torture. No thank you for the sacrifice. I'm going to do it my way. But God come to tell somebody this morning, you need to get a new revelation of what the cross is all about. You need to find 
tonight that there is hope, there is help, there is blessing, there is deliverance in the cross. And people find and say, I've heard people say, I can't live for God, it's just too hard. Are you kidding me? I can't live for God, it's just too much. I can't serve God, I just have too many difficult problems. I can't quit that, it's, and you don't, you, you have never got a vision of the cross, my friend. It's just a symbol to you. It's just a symbol. Just a symbol. Just a cross. Just a symbol. I look at people and they put crosses everywhere. They put crosses around their neck. They put crosses, tattoos. They put, they put crosses. I, I seen one guy had a big cross shaved in the back of his head. Oh, it's just a symbol. It doesn't mean anything. They'll put it on their bumper sticker and on their back glass. Amen. But I want to tell you where the cross better be. It better be right here in your heart. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Oh, there's something about when I see the cross. It makes me want to shout. At the same time, it makes me want to cry. It makes me want to go to the knees. At the same time, it makes me want to lift my hands. There's power in the cross. There's glory in the cross. There's joy in the cross. There's healing in the cross. Hallelujah. 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 You say, oh, Brother Looper, man, you fired up this morning. What you so excited about? I tell you what I'm excited about. I'm excited about an old rugged cross. Oh, I'm excited about my sins were nailed to the cross. I'm excited about because of the cross, I can enter into the glory and the presence of God. Before the cross, you had to stand on the outside. But after the cross, the veil and the temple was rent. And we can go boldly unto the throne of the glory of God. It's all because of an old rugged cross. Some of you today are like the Roman soldier. Get the bloody thing away from me. Whatever happened to the crown of thorns that was stained by the blood of Jesus Christ? Whatever happened to the spear that was stained by the blood of Jesus Christ? Whatever happened to the old cross that he was nailed to? Whatever happened to the blood that was spilled, you can be seated just for a minute. I'm almost closing, but not quite yet. Whatever happened to the blood that was spilled on individuals as they wiped it off, it's still being wiped off today. It's still being wiped off in the sound of my voice right now. 
As I try to paint you a picture of Calvary, I cannot paint it gory enough or eerie enough or scary enough or bloody enough to even come close to describe what happened on that great day. But as I look at people sitting across this congregation today, you're like the writer said in 1 Corinthians chapter 18. For the preaching of the cross to them that perish, it becomes foolishness. What's wrong with the preacher this morning? Why is he so excited? Why is he so fired up? Why is he screaming at the top of his voice? Why is he jumping up and down? Why is he sweating? Why is he trying to get somebody's attention? Because you're taking the cross very, very carelessly today. And you're on your road of life. And it's just like by the side of the road. There is crosses that mark the passing of individuals. Some of them were just perfectly innocent. Some of them were intoxicated. Some of them were speeding. Some of them were on the wrong side of the road. Some of them were talking on the phone. Some of them were texting while they were driving. Some of them looking at Facebook or Instagram while driving. There's a cross to remind us, don't do what they did. But we continue to pass the crosses daily. And we're still looking down, holding the steering wheel with our, with our knees. I've got this baby under control. People still drive intoxicated. People still drive at a high rate of speed. People still get on the wrong side of the road. And there's crosses. You can't hardly go three miles stretch without seeing a cross on the side of the road who someone has lost their life to a vehicle accident. But just as those crosses did not jog our memory, to the danger that is there. If we don't pay attention to our surroundings, the cross, the cross of Calvary is forever set before us as a reminder, you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to live depressed, down and out and distraught. You don't have to live under condemnation. But because of the cross, and we keep on driving, looking for help, looking for glory, looking for pleasure, looking for deliverance, looking for something to ease our mind, something to take our trouble. And we keep looking, but we fail to see what is in the cross. As they come to the music today, I'm just about ready to close. But to me. But to the church, every time we see the old rugged cross, it is a reminder because of that cross, I can lift my hands. Because of that cross, I have been set free. Because of that cross, I don't have to live condemned. 
Because of that cross, I don't have to live bound. Because of that cross, can I tell you, I don't have to live depressed. Because of that cross, I don't have to live my life wanting and hunger and desiring something to satisfy. Why? Because I found it at the old rugged cross. Why? Because there's a different vision that what we see in the cross and the world sees in the cross. To the world, it's just another crossing symbol. But to the church, it is a salvation of a shipwrecked in sick soul. Oh, today I come to church. Tonight I'm going to enter into the presence of the Lord. Amen. To remember the blood that was shed on Calvary. Amen. To remember the broken body that was beaten. Amen. And there standing before me is an empty cross. There's an empty tomb. My God is not hanging there. My God is not left there. My Savior is still not there. Amen. But He is risen to live forevermore. Thank God for the cross. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Everybody lift your hands right now. Everybody worship the Lord right now. Why don't everybody give the Lord some praise for the old rugged cross? That's the reason why we cry and shout at the same time. That's the reason why we fall on our knees and we try to leap for joy at the same time. That's the reason why we have mixed emotions when we start singing about the cross. That's the reason why we get excited and tears run down our face when we think about the cross. Because we feel sorry for the price that was paid. But then on the other hand, we understand the sacrifice had to be made for our freedom. I'm thankful for freedom. I'm thankful for freedom in the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for freedom from sin. I'm thankful I don't have to be bound. I'm thankful the devil don't have any chains on me. And it's all because of the cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's lift our voices toward heaven. Why don't somebody thank Him for the cross? Whatever you feel like doing right now, whatever you feel like doing right now is in order, amen, to give God praise for the old rugged cross. I'm thankful for Calvary, forever placed before me, that old rugged cross. Don't ever let me get it out of my viewpoint. Don't ever let me put it behind me, but let it always be before me, that old rugged cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wish there would be a cry of rejoicing that would go forth from this congregation right now. Oh, I wish every saint of God would just lift your hands and lift your voice. Don't ever let the cross of Christ become just a symbol. But always rejoice. Always magnify. Always glorify. Always lift up His name and thank Him for the blood that was shed on Calvary. Hallelujah. 
Every saint of God in this place ought to be lifting your voice to the top of your voice right now. And thanks for the cross. Come on, lift up your voice, church. Let there be a cry of thanksgiving go forth from you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift up your voice. Come on, somebody worship God. Somebody lift up the name of the Lord. Somebody give Him praise. Why don't somebody tell you, thank you for Calvary. Thank you, Jesus, for the sacrifice. Thank you for the thorns that was placed on your head. Thank you for the nail that was placed there for me. Thank you for the blood that was shed for me, Lord. I'm going to give you just a few more moments. I don't think the response to Calvary has been near what Jesus Christ deserves. But I'm going to give you a few more moments to you to respond to Calvary like Calvary means to you. If it don't mean anything to you, just keep your relaxed attitude. But if Calvary really means something to you... Like the Word of God said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 18. To me, to me, to me. If you want to tell God, to me, God. It is the power of salvation. It's up to you. You just do it ever how you feel right now. Right now, church, do it like you feel like doing it. Do it like you feel like doing it. Come on, lift up your voice and praise God.